0: You're listening to The Heart and Hustle Podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Today is a good day to listen to a podcast. Well, we are extra excited because we are talking all things estate planning today, leaving a powerful legacy long after you're gone and why you should start thinking about the future now. Now, before you go, wait, what? (laughs) Hang with us because this is such a good and informational episode for everyone to listen to. Today, we get to talk to the amazing Iffy Ibekwe, As the founder and principal attorney at Ibekwe Law, Iffy believes that every woman deserves to make decisions that affect her. A woman can accomplish these decisions with wills, trusts, and other estate planning documents. As a Black businesswoman and attorney, she is not your garden variety estate planning attorney. She wishes to provide services to those who her area of the law has historically ignored. Emboldening Women is if he's calling, and she is also passionate about speaking about entrepreneurship and supporting other women. She has spoken by South by Southwest, Google, and the University of Texas at Austin, lawyerists, and many more organizations. Now, if you're feeling confused or overwhelmed by what estate planning even is, don't worry. Iffy is going to break it down so simply for us. We talk about what estate planning even is, why it's important, how to go about thinking about getting started with an estate plan, how it can impact your financial success in the long run, and leave a legacy for those around you. This is such an important topic, but one that is often forgotten about or ignored until it's too late. And we are beyond excited to dive into this chat with Iffy. She makes it so easy to understand and also so beautifully explains the importance of setting up your life now to leave a powerful legacy long after you're gone. So, if you're ready to think futuristically and steward the life you're building now, let's get started.
1: Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay.
2: Evie, welcome to the Heart Nuzzle Podcast. We are stoked to have you.
1: I'm so excited to be here. Thank you both for having me on your awesome podcast. Of
2: course. Oh man, I'm very excited for this conversation. I'm just, I think it's a completely different conversation than most of our audience is like normally ready for or or normally thinking about. So I'm excited to blow some minds today. But so for anybody that hasn't heard of you or doesn't know you maybe in our audience or that is listening, could you please introduce yourself and tell us what you do in your journey of just how you got to where you are with law and estate planning?
1: Absolutely. So my name is Ifoma Ibekwe, but my nickname is Ify. I am an estate planning attorney with an office based in Austin, Texas, though I serve the entire state of Texas. I've been a lawyer for this is my 15th year. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I graduated in 2006. I hope that my youth is holding up. Amazing. Um and I I love to work with women. I love to work with entrepreneurs. I love to work with families and Impress the importance of setting up documents to help you with your healthcare decision making and passing on all that you're building as an entrepreneur to the next generation, whether that's your kids or causes that you believe in, and that kind of thing. So I'm an estate planning lawyer.
0: Amazing. I love this. So okay. Much. <laughs> well, for for anyone who maybe doesn't fully know or understand the term estate planning, would you be willing to kind of go like? in full depth of like what that means? Or if you're like, no, trust me, you don't want me to go full in depth. (laughs) You want to like, I guess just kind of like give the breakdown of what that even means and why we should focus on it, I guess. This is such a good question.
1: You do not want the full depth. I don't (laughs) know the full depth of this area of the law, but A lot of people hear the word estate and you're like, what am I, a Kardashian? I don't have (laughs) (laughs) an estate. And so estate planning is the area of law where you plan for yourself. And that means decisions that are going to affect your body, whether um, those are healthcare decisions, if you're ever incapacitated and you have certain religious beliefs or moral beliefs or expectations for how you'll be taken care of how care will be taken for you. I'm not sure how to say that, but <laughs> yeah. um, you can write those down and you can pick a person to be your person to help you if you're can, if you're ever in a situation where you can't help yourself make that decision. And um, estate planning allows you to do that. It also does that in a financial sense. So if you're ever out of the country or if you're ever again incapacitated and you can't make your rent or make your mortgage payment or um, need to do something while you're out of the country, you can appoint somebody to be your point person for that on a long-term or short-term basis with estate planning. A lot of people think, well, I don't have a lot of stuff. I just have student loans and I'm trying to build my business. And, you know, why should someone like me do it? And I always say, if you are 18 or older, and you have capacity, which means you're competent, you can make decisions for yourself, nobody's in charge of your decision-making, n- Making no court has put someone in charge of the decisions you make for yourself, there are certain documents you need to have in place to say, these are my health um, outcomes that I'd like, and I want this person to advocate for me, and here's my person to help me if there's ever financial decisions, because no, no one has access to you. No one has a right to know what's in your bank account, if you think yeah. about it, mm-hmm. unless they have been given permission. And that's what estate planning does. And then when you think about estate planning, traditionally, you think about asset distribution. Who is going to get your stuff and how? So yeah. if you look around, even if you're renting and you're, you see the art on your wall, you see the plants, <laughs> you see the books on the shelf, when you die and everyone I'm assuming is very young right now, right? Or at least young at heart, like I feel. Um, (laughs) Someone is going to have to be in charge of closing that down. And so you may have seen family members go through that, whether it's a parent or a cousin or someone who's lost someone, it is a lot of work to go through that process. And so estate planning allows you to be able to document your wishes, who's gonna get what, um, if you have bank accounts, your business account, Mm -hmm. how that all ends up, who, who ends up being the successor. Do you sell everything? Do you close it down? What are your plans? That's the area of law that I'm in. It's basically, if you are a planner, it's planning for your life.
0: Yeah.
2: I love this conversation already so much just because it's, you specialize in things that people don't think about until it's probably too late or which, yeah, exactly that. And so I love that we're having this conversation. I have, this isn't on our notes, but what, if somebody were to, if I, I were to die tomorrow and I don't have any estate planning set up for me, what happens by default?
1: So the state has
2: an estate plan set up for you. Oh, would they do? Each,
1: okay, great. Oh, not, <laughs> not necessarily great. And um, it, we have laws called intestacy laws, for those of you who want to deep dive after this conversation. Okay. Um, and that's basically the scheme that each state in the United States has a way to distribute your property if you don't put your wishes down on paper. And so, yes, it is a plan. But for example, if you pass away and your state says, okay, if you're single, your stuff goes to your parents. All your stuff goes to your parents, for example. Let's say one state says that. Well what if you're estranged from your parents, right? Mm -hmm, What if your parent who's inheriting your stuff does not deserve to have that? No matter what it is, you wouldn't want them to own it. Estate planning allows you to say, I don't want it going to this person. I want it going to these people or to my favorite animal cause, you know, after everything is sold and I want my friend to handle closing down my estate. So yes, while it is, possible to have your estate, even if you know you don't do anything, go to the people you'd want it to go to. There are other things to consider too. For example, if you want it to go to your siblings or it ends up with a sibling with special needs and they're getting governmental assistance, that can affect their ability to receive that aid. Wow. And so it's not just you, it's the people who could actually get your stuff or that bank account that could impact them, right? If yeah. they have creditors and they see, oh, this person died, they didn't plan, everything is public, everyone can see everything. Now we're going to go to that person that they left that stuff to and take that from them. And so it's it's so much more complicated than, ah, I don't have much, let it just go to whoever it goes to, because what you have when it goes to somebody else might be much for them, right? It's, it's kind of relative when you think about where you are when you die, you don't know. And yeah. so um, it's always important, even if you're young, even if you feel like you don't have much, get a will done. So you can say, I want to leave everything to my sister,
0: Yeah. right? Mm-hmm.
1: That's something you can write down and have it made known that, that those are my wishes, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I'm just curious, like from somebody, brand. you know, obviously I don't have an estate plan set up, but... I'm like, okay, well, this is good for me to hear. You know, maybe I should really like dive into this and consider this. But I guess my like layman's question is, okay, how much time and money does it cost to set up an estate plan? Like, is that an okay question to ask?
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And and the price varies, right? Right. And a lot of it is the value-based pricing. You have a lot of entrepreneurs on here who are, you know, you could sell a, a photography package for, $99, $99, which some people start off and they're like, I just want a client, right? Yeah. Or you could sell it for $9,900. <laughs> yeah. As you yeah. know, you can get your photos. And it's all about what you value and what that experience is for you. That's the same with estate planning. There are going to be people who say they can do it for $300. And then there are going to be people who say they can do it for $30,000, right? And yeah. that might be for someone who's a multimillionaire with multiple businesses. The busy. range 30, is there.
2: 30000
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so um, don't worry about that extreme unless you come from that kind of money then, yeah. then that's something that i'm sure is already uh, handled hopefully but it really depends on what you're working with do you have children do you have a home what state are you in do you use legal insurance which is an option that some people use through their workplace or their spouse's workplace where they can get access to this service and what are you trying to accomplish are you setting up trusts Um, for your children? Are you just wanting to plan for yourself and you Mm -hmm. really don't have much? And talking to an estate planner will really help them assess your current situation and give you um, an estimate for how much that could cost, but it could cost a few hundred dollars up to a few thousand dollars, just depending on who you go to and what you're trying to get done. So it's, it's really something that I think is kind of shielded in secrecy mm-hmm. in the estate planning world where people are like, well, how much am I supposed to pay for an estate plan? Yeah, I can tell if you start, if you work with me, you're going to pay a few thousand dollars to begin with, right? Yeah. Um, Just because it's not just to pay the money, it's an investment in your legacy building. It's yeah. an investment in making sure that your kids are adequately protected. It's an investment in making sure that you're, all that you've worked for, the business you've built, the the house you finally got into is passed on to the next person and not squandered because you didn't put a plan in place. That yeah. is the investment. And I always tell people when you're thinking about estate planning, what is the cost of not doing it? Is the cost whoever you leave behind fighting over the little that you have, paying court costs for that kind of thing, or not knowing where anything is and they're grieving you and they're like, why wouldn't you have told me where your accounts are? And now they're waiting to see where past due notices are coming in the mail to figure out stuff. What's the price on that? And so it really is Uh, not to get all heavy on everyone here. I hear your voices, but (laughs) you're, you're, you're able to make decisions now. And, and so, um, it's an investment and it's something that you save up for because it is that important.
2: Yeah. I love that. You kind of probably already answered the question I was going to ask, but I'm just going to ask it in case you have anything else to add. But I almost feel like, especially when people are like, oh, okay, I maybe see the relevance. Sure. But it's like expensive. Okay. I have to save up for it. What would you say? Because it's it's almost like a just in case type of purchase. Mm-hmm. and. And my question is, why would people need to prepare now for life events that could or could not happen? Like, what's the value if you're like trying to sell like the importance of estate planning to anyone that's listening? Which again, I think you kind of already touched on that because you're like, hey, you need to have this like legacy in place. But if there's anything else you want to add to that,
1: well, not to be morbid, but estate planning is not only for death. I think when you're young, it's hard to see how that is relevant to you. It's like, that's right. something that 60 and 70 and 80-year-olds need to deal with. Yeah. However, as we live longer, the likelihood of being incapacitated um, is higher. Yeah. And so un- we all know of or have heard of someone who has passed away unexpectedly or ends up being disabled unexpectedly. The beauty of where you are now is that you can start. I'm not saying it has to be thousands of dollars, you know, but you can start by saying, okay, well, I'm not going to do all of that, but I'm going to get my healthcare directives set up. And that's something that's not going to be very costly. So that if you're in an accident, God forbid, you have wishes written down and say, okay, I want this person to take care of me. I mm-hmm. want them to be my person when the doctor's trying to figure out what kind of medical intervention that I, will, I would need if I can't do it myself. Yeah. There is no time that we know when that it's too late to do that. Yeah. So just like, you know, I, I think about it from a business perspective, when you have a client who wants to buy your service or a course or something like that and you want to show them like what is the transformational experience that you're going to go through after working with me and you're basically showing your value right mm-hmm. so yeah. say they want a photographer for their wedding i'm using photographer because y'all told me that's where you started and you know you see someone's portfolio and it's like Gorgeous, beautiful photos, but like a $10,000 package, right?
0: Yeah. And
1: then you have somebody else who's, I can do it for 500. Yeah. (laughs) But you're still drawn to that 10,000 because there's something that connects you to, I know these are fundamentally photographs or paperwork when it comes to estate planning. Yeah. But I can see that this person is taking me through an experience. So that when I look back on it, I know that we crossed uh, every T and dotted every I and I made sure that the details were taken and that they got the first look and that they got the dance floor and they got, you know, um, the first kiss. And, and it's done <laughs> in a way that I will look back and say, wow, I'm so glad I went that way. So from yeah. a business perspective, It is an investment, just like we call Mm it that, you know, you'd call it a photography package. It's an investment because it's not so much what you're paying today, it's what you're paying for tomorrow, what you're paying to make sure that it's properly done and that it's protecting those or those causes that matter to you.
0: Yeah. Well, if you I would love like I know when we first started talking about having you on the podcast, you had mentioned something about how estate planning is kind of the the overlooked like missing link to financial success.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Can you just like unpack that for us really fast? Yes. Um goodness.
1: If you think about it, as a business person, you see so many, uh, you know, women in the workforce. I know the majority of your listeners are women and women are doing everything in business, right? You have so many great examples of people really building, whether it's their real estate portfolio or expanding and scaling their business and maybe their stock portfolio, you know, they started investing really early or brokerage accounts been open and they're thinking about their financial plan and saving for retirement, buying life insurance and doing all those sorts of things. That has started to happen more and more with our generation and generations that come after us. It's just more of a norm now to be financially literate and to mm-hmm. make decisions while you're young so that you can get big payoffs while you're older, when you're older. Yeah. Um, so that's all getting great. But again, it goes back to what's it for, right? What happens if you pass away yeah. to all that you've built? Right. Do you want the state to decide who that goes to? Or do you want to put that down on paper? Or do you want to manage that? Like if you have a house and you you want it to stay in the family, but you want your kids to be the one when they're adults to be able to benefit from rental income, Mm
0: -hmm. but you don't want them to
1: sell it because, you know, Austin is super hot don't let go of anything <laughs> because <laughs> it's going to be worth twice the amount in yeah. two weeks, right? Yeah. Um, so that's an asset. And so estate planning allows you to plan for your financial decisions. If you buy life insurance, which is something I recommend to everyone listening on this call right now, if you feel like this conversation is not for me, absolutely not, I do not have anything worth figuring out, right, which is how a, a 70% of Americans feel that way, just so you know wow. you're not alone. That's why it's such a underutilized tool. Get some life insurance. Mm. You're young, you're probably as healthy as you will be at this age, <laughs> as we age every second. And so it's the cheapest you can get it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that usually correlates unless you have like a major um, change in your physical health or something like that. And so you can get life insurance and pay whatever the cost of getting, um, you know, snacks or whatever you spend your money on, maybe $15 in a month and buy a half a million dollar life insurance policy when you're 20 or 25 or 30, right? Depending on your age and the type of insurance you get. And that's something you can use to plan with. So, say you buy a five hundred thousand dollars life insurance policy. It's a thirty-year term life insurance policy, which means that you pay for thirty years for that, right? Maybe mm-hmm. you pay something like two, three hundred dollars a year. Mm-hmm. When you pass away, that and you're still within that term, that money can be given to someone. Yeah. And so, like. Life insurance is such a wealth building tool and you can set up something like an estate plan and say, I want it to go to my nieces and nephews. If you don't have kids, I want it to go to my sorority or my alma mater, you know, if that's something that's important to you. You can start a scholarship. And yes, it does involve thinking about what would happen when I die. However... Mm -hmm. That's how people leave legacies. That's how you see names on buildings, right? Yeah. They're not just working too, too hard. They buy life insurance and they buy other things to build wealth. And so just to kind of call people in, I'm not calling you out for not doing it, but like really seeing that there are opportunities here and some of those stretch past you. And that's what legacy building and generational
2: wealth is about. Oh my gosh, I love this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I... I want to talk because a lot of our listeners are married but we also have a lot that are single mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times when you think about like oh creating a will or any sort of life planning you almost like piggyback that off to your the side of your brain and you're like oh I'm not I don't have to think about that until I'm married or until later in life or what have, have you kids yeah right have kids all of that but what is why would you say it's important for because I'm assuming you would say, based on everything that we've talked about, that it is important for single people to start actually thinking about this kind of stuff, but could it be messy for them? Like, just how does that work for a single woman? Yes,
1: absolutely. This is such a good question because this is such a huge barrier for people getting their plan done. They're thinking, I don't, you know, maybe they have a house, maybe they have stuff, right? I'm not assuming because you're single, you're living in a hovel somewhere. So (laughs) just think about, all of all that you have but again i'll go back to are you 18 and are you competent enough to make decisions for yourself then yeah. there's some decisions that need to be made and even if you just start with your health if something happened to you who's your person are you assuming it's your mom because that's not how it works Mm-hmm. Right, you can't just say, "Well, if I'm sick, my mom will know what to do." She doesn't have rights to access your your records. The hospital or the doctor does not have uh, explicit permission to give her access to your records unless there's some sort of a HIPAA authorization, very similar to what you send you sign at a doctor's office or a dentist's office where you put that down. But if it's an emergency, you haven't pre signed that. Yeah. And so that's that's something you plan for. If you want her to be the decision maker, if your mom disagrees with your dad, who do they go with? And yeah. what if nothing's written down? You know, Do you want a hospital ethics board making decisions about your life? So even more so when you're single, you have to put down your wishes, especially for your health. And then when it comes to owning stuff, single people own homes, <laughs> they mm-hmm. own cars, they own yeah. bank accounts, that does not automatically just go to someone. So remember what I said about the intestacy laws that every state has. If you don't... If you don't do anything, they're gonna say, "Okay, well, she has all of this. Maybe some life insurance. So maybe you have two hundred thousand dollars at your death. And it doesn't seem like much, but you have a hundred and fifty thousand dollar policy. You have fifty thousand dollars worth of equity in your house. Whatever, right? Let's mm-hmm. say it adds up to that. That's a significant sum of money.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really is.
1: You know, and um, and that's the death part of it. No one wants to talk about that, but it even it's just so much more important, especially if you're truly single or if you don't have family or anyone that you can you know, trust in your family to write down who your other people are because yeah. it might be loved ones that, you, you, that are your people. And so um, estate planning is so important for that, just making sure that your agency is intact, that your wishes are, are honored. Think about with COVID and all the young people who found themselves sick, Right. Mm-hmm. No one was like, I'm 29, I'm gonna be in the ICU, you know, <laughs> like yeah. who plans that? No one. Yeah. And so um, even in that situation, you can say, This is the kind of intervention I want, or I want my mom to be my person. Sorry, dad. Yeah. But that's yeah. who I want, and I'm gonna write that <laughs> down so that if anything happens, you know I want to go with what mom thinks. Yeah, and so
0: that's that's what it is. Yeah. Okay, so I am just like curious for the person like Lindsay and I probably as well, who's listening to this, who's like, okay, you're convincing me. I feel like I should, you know, pay attention to this, start planning. But I also feel really overwhelmed because Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people don't feel comfortable around like lawyers or, you know, like legal jargon intimidates them. The idea of like paperwork and documentation and, you know, thinking about all of the little nitty gritty decisions, I feel like this might also be feeling overwhelming and intimidating to some of our listeners. So I guess like my question is when when starting thinking about estate planning or when wanting to get into it, what would you say are like the first step things that somebody should do when they start? Or do you have any advice even on top of that for the person who might be feeling really intimidated right now?
1: Oh, right. I, I, I totally, totally empathize with that emotion. I don't think lawyers have done a very great job in this field of making estate planning accessible, especially to certain generations, whether you're uh, Gen Z or uh, millennial, whatever you want to call it. I'm a millennial, so probably whatever came after me. Um, but I would say, just like you would use Your intuition and common sense when hiring any professional, just start having the conversation. Mm -hmm. If you're not ready to book a consultation with a lawyer or even a free one, right? Or um, there's sometimes other ways to do it. If you are truly someone who doesn't have the income, there are clinics that offer complimentary or low bono, which is this low cost estate planning where you can get your estate plan done for free Mm -hmm. or for a little bit of money, like a little, little bit, right? Um, Right now I'm doing uh, an estate planning giveaway where I'm giving up Away up to four for Juneteenth, right? Mm-hmm. And that's worth thousands of dollars, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. And so you look out and you're you gotta just be looking for opportunities. Yeah. And um, if something like that doesn't come up, then definitely start looking at, at lawyers. Um, you know, we go on YouTube, we go on Google and and look up what is it for my state and start to see, okay, here are the options. Sometimes you'll be shocked at how inexpensive it is. I think like a lot of business. Owners, lawyers grossly undercharge sometimes. We always think about every lawyer being super rich, but some some of them aren't doing um, the the right uh, they're not not necessarily doing the right thing, but some of them have different needs, right? So they might mm-hmm. be able to do your plan for a couple of hundred dollars and it's perfectly fine. Now I do want to caution you from using things like LegalZoom or these will bots because they, disc- they disclaim and say, we're not a law firm. You have to go execute this on your own. And that means sign it. And it's just risky because if it's wrong, it doesn't mean anything. If it's not signed, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a draft. And so just yeah. investigate. Ask people, mm-hmm. you know, who did you use? How much did they charge? You know, yeah. And so you can see, okay, if it's $2,500, for example, to get an estate plan done, mm. how can I plan for that? Just like mm-hmm. if you want to go on a trip and you're going to Tulum and the resort costs, you know, fifteen hundred dollars and your airfare is going to be an extra six hundred and whatever. Yeah, you plan for it because you yep, have the right. information. So it's not like you have to sit on the call and book it, but you now know. Okay that gives me an idea. Let me ask somebody else and they're like, "Oh, okay, there's this 2000 and they seem like they can do a great job." And let me look at their reviews on Google. So just do it like you would if you're I was buying a pair of running shoes today and I wanted to get a pair of Brooks running shoes because I'm oh, the best a runner. Yeah. <laughs> and I laugh because, you know, I'm a like I'm a run walker. Nice, is. nice. Um, <laughs> I move my body and I sat there for a good hour and a half reading reviews. Yeah, because I I thought, well, this has a thirteen thousand reviews. Why should I buy this shoe? What's so great about it? Why did thirteen thousand yeah. people love this shoe? Right, and so I can deep dive like the best of them. Whether it's you know celebrity plastic surgery on YouTube, like I can almost become a pro uh, at <laughs> explaining anything if yeah. I spend time just looking it up. So yeah. you can do the same thing too. And if you are super intimidated or you have trauma from losing a grandparent or a parent or a loved one or a sibling, and it just makes you feel sick to your stomach to even have to talk about it, that's okay too, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay to have those feelings and to feel that way because it is a very trauma-inducing um situation for some people, but I do encourage you as you work through that to start thinking about, okay, if something were to happen, what would happen to me? Who would I want to help me? So maybe you're not booking a call, but you're just thinking like, okay, my sister's my person. I know that that for sure. And if something happened to me and my spouse, then my cousins who I'd want to take care of my kids. And just allowing yourself to think through that, not jinxing yourself for death, but that's just a, it's just a decision you're making. It's just a decision. It doesn't mean it's going to
2: happen. It's just a decision, so. Yeah. All right, entrepreneurs, let's face it. You're in a pickle. You're not attracting your ideal clients because your brand visuals are just meh at best, and you're not showing up as the professional ready to make their life 500 times better. Do you honestly feel like your website just sucks? Like your branding feels like you created it in Microsoft's Paint? Anyone else remember Microsoft's Paint? Is that just me? (laughs) Okay, and your, your client experience just overall feels like it's seriously lacking. And you just need a change right now. But let's be honest, you're not ready to drop 8K on a custom web and
0: brand design. Well, don't worry. That's where we come in. Introducing the solution to all of your website struggles, the Heart Shop website templates. Now, we spent hours designing these customizable, professional, and conversion-intense website templates with our incredible designer, Sarah Crook of Elizabeth Designs. They are so incredibly easy to use and customize with ShowIt's user-friendly interface. Yes, by the way, you can easily learn how to work with ShowIt even if you've never touched a website or any design platform before, And you can change literally anything you want. No more being limited to squares on your website. It's a drag and drop system that is freaking easy and looks incredible. Oh, oh, you want more information? Cool, I got you. The templates come already SEO optimized with copy prompts from Lindsay and I included. Yeah. You don't just get nonsensical filler text. You get bomb education and prompts from Lindsay and I to help you wow your potential clients and crush your website copy. And we designed a variety of these in different styles so you can find the closest match and then tweak it to make it fully your own. If you're ready to save
2: thousands of dollars and hours upon hours upon hours of your time and get clients flooding through your website you need to check these out. So grab yours at theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. Hey photographers, this one's for you. Real talk, have you ever felt like your photos just look stale? Like they lacked the oomph that you're looking for? Ever feel like you're not just like fully capturing the life and energy and story of your clients, but you just don't know how to fix it? Well, we've got some magic sauce for you, my friend. Meet your new best friend, The Posing Miner, our online course for photographers showing you how to capture those jaw-dropping, authentic photos of your clients that will leave them in tears because you capture them in the moment so perfectly.
0: Yes, it is packed full with six course episodes, over 232 minutes of video content, and three bonus PDFs. Lindsay and I take you out into the field with us like no, literally we <laughs> we go into some fields and we walk you through step-by-step step how to pose families, couples, portraits or seniors, wedding parties, and a wedding couple. So if you are ready to say bye-bye to brain farts in the middle of your photo sessions, awkward silences, and weird freaking prom poses, uncomfortable clients, and subpar images, the posing minor is your new best friend. To see more and to join in on the magic, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash posing dash minor. One more time, theheartuniversity.com forward slash posing dash minor.
2: Ify, could we talk a little bit about the beneficiary designation and why that's so important? I'm just like thinking of somebody that's listening and they're like, okay, cool. Maybe like just for the listener out there that might not have like an automatic person that just comes to their brain Mm -hmm. when they're thinking of like, oh, who do I want this to go to? Or who do I want this to go to? Like, what would you advise? Is there any question to ask yourself? Or I don't know, any any of that. So beneficiary designations
1: are a little bit different. So when you think of certain accounts, um, like your life insurance, and your 401k or 403b or um, some brokerage accounts will allow you to designate a beneficiary. You can even do certain deeds on your house where you pay it on death, right? Mm -hmm. Those are all beneficiaries that Those are considered things called non-probate assets, which means they pass outside your will. So one way you could set up your estate is if you know that everything you own is in a bank account or in an account, maybe you live with your parents, you don't have, truly don't have anything, but you have some assets in that form, you can designate a beneficiary for them to receive it. And upon proving your death, they will get a check pretty instantly for that money right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a parent, and many people do this when it's open enrollment at work, they might put their spouse or their parent as their first beneficiary, their primary, and then list somebody like their child as the contingent beneficiary. The problem with that is that if that child is truly a minor under the age of 18, there has to be some sort of mechanism for them to be able to receive and, um, that money and someone has to be able to manage it on their behalf. Yeah, so if you have yeah. a seven-year-old, nobody wants to think this, right? And you pass away and you leave your assets. This actually happened in my family to your minor children. There's a whole process to get that. And it can be expensive and involves hiring a lawyer, putting your entire estate in the probate process, which is when you go through court and you close down someone's life. And then you can prove that, but that child might need a guardian placed over them so that they can be the person who receives that and and uses if they can get that money. And that can take a long time and it's extremely expensive. And so one thing people do if you have a minor and you have an asset to pass is that you set up a trust and that could be within your will. And that means it'll be created upon your death. It's called a testamentary trust. And then some people have things called living trusts, which are trusts that they can manage in their lifetime. And upon their death, it's paid into that living trust for the benefit of minors and even up to 35 year olds or older, however you want to set it up. There are so many ways to set it up, but it's so important to make sure that your beneficiaries are who you want them to be. Yeah. Because if you don't, it can it can end up biting you, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. Or the people that you love. <laughs> yeah. Or um, disinherited. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. I have a question that might my- be a, a stupid question. But I'm like, if I'm wondering it, I'm sure a listener might be too. So is there a difference between an estate plan and a will? And if so, what is that?
2: I was also thinking that, but I was like oh my <laughs> I'm <gosh. gonna>
0: <laughs> These are
1: such good questions. An estate plan in it, okay, so let me say it like this: a will, a last will and testament is part of an estate plan. So your estate plan is going to include things like a last will and testament or a trust, if that's the route you go with your, um, that I won't even get into detail, but just hold these words in your mind. (laughs) Um, It also includes a financial power of attorney. It could be called a property power of attorney. Um, It could be called a statutory durable power of attorney. That's what we call it in Texas. Um, And that's a a document that states your wishes for who will help you with financial decisions. It also includes a medical power of attorney or a healthcare power of attorney that's for health decisions. And then it includes Mm. your HIPAA directive or authorization, which says, these are the people that you can give my info to if anything happens. They can call and you can release information to them. It's Mm. gonna include something called a living will, which a lot of people think is the last will and testament also called an advanced healthcare directive, which says something along the lines, in Texas it says if I, terminally ill. I can't consent for myself. These are the types of interventions I want. I want life support. I want um, artificial breathing or feeding. And I don't want CPR, right? Mm -hmm. It sounds really morbid, but again, think of a situation. If you have parents and then one of them says, no, keep her alive by any means possible. And the other one says they're in a vegetative state. This is not good. I think that they wouldn't want this. You can make that decision for them, Mm -hmm. right? And that can happen at any age. And unfortunately, it happens for young people as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then there are other documents, depending on your state, you know, in Texas, we have guardianship documents that say if I'm ever incapacitated, here's who I want to be in charge of me taking care of my physical body, whether mm. I need to go to a a home or have certain therapies, and here's who I want to take care of my financial situation. Like you don't want your if you have a a, a sibling who is a gambler, they probably yeah. don't need to be in charge of your finances. You know, probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> not. And then other things are included, like uh, documents for taking care of your children, and even last. Um, last final disposition. Do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? There are people who prepay for their funeral. Mm -hmm. My father passed away in 04 and my mom bought a plot and prepaid her funeral expenses, you know? And I thought, this is so morbid, you know, (laughs) you are in your fifties, this is not okay. And now we know, right? And I hold that like, wow, she made that decision for us. She knows exactly what she wants, where she wants to be. And that's where, you know, in a 400 years, we'll put her in the ground, right? And yeah. so uh, <laughs> that's the kind of thing that is part of your estate plan holistically. It's a plan
2: mm-hmm. for all of
1: your decisions and for your stuff and for yourself. So that's
2: so the like, umbrella. Oh, that, that's literally what I was about to say is like the estate plan is almost like an umbrella and a will is one of the things under yes, that umbrella.
0: Absolutely. That makes Got so it. much sense. I don't think I ever fully realized that There was more than a will. Yeah, I thought it was just like you create a will. Like that's just what I thought it was. Everyone thinks will because
1: they're like, oh, well, I don't need that. I'm not planning to die anytime soon. But so much of estate planning is incapacity planning.
2: Yeah. This entire conversation is making me, I can't remember what this movie's called, but it's a rom-com with Katherine Heigl and Josh Duhamel. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. No, no, <laughs> okay. Do you want it's, me to look it a, up while you talk? It's no, it's fine. It's a rom com about a couple that they both die, and then their kids are left to like two random people. That then the rom com part is that they fall in love. But whatever. Okay,
0: anyways, it's uh-huh. just it's, it's
2: what we're talking about. Is it like, called it's Life like, as We
0: Know It? Yep, that's it. Okay, I got I got you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyways, um, okay. I you've mentioned this before, Iffy, but just about how estate planning can kind of leave a legacy and and just I don't, almost like longevity thinking. Is that even a word, longevity thinking? I think it is. Oh, um, yes. But just like, I, I like this analogy. I always like to think of my life as like my goals lasting longer than me, or not even my goals, just like what I'm building and the legacy that I want to leave on this world being longer than I'm alive. Almost similar to how like in Europe when they built the cathedrals back in the day— like the people that started building those cathedrals, like they didn't get to see the finished, complete. Oh, I know,
1: exactly. I've I've seen shows like this where people built for generations.
2: Right, Mm -hmm. and it's like, people don't think that way now. And maybe it's just like the selfish mindset or just like, we just don't think about longevity, longevity thinking and building wealth that will last longer. And I just, I love this conversation because it goes right in line with all of that. But- how can estate planning basically help impact the legacy that you're leaving, whether it's to your kids or just to, to whoever you want? How can that go hand in hand?
1: Wow. You know, and just to speak to that cathedral um, that you mentioned, it's I think it's called Duomo in in Milan. Uh, uh, it's yep. the-
2: I've been there. It's oh
1: nice. It's and I'm looking it up as we speak. It started in 1386. That was the original building, that's and it was insane. completed in
2: 1965. Whoa. That is insane. But that's exa- that's a perfect example. Like the people that started building that in 13, 13- they did not see like, the end of it, right? No, not, not
1: even, even close. close. <laughs> not even close. Uh, like 600, almost 600 years later, it was. I didn't even realize it was finished in 1965. And so when you think about something like that, that is a legacy. The person who laid the foundation or a portion of it and was carrying everything on their back, right? Yeah. Knew that they would never see the flooring put in and they would never see like the first foot of the walls put in. And they'd never see the pews put in and how people worship there with no ceiling, right? Yeah. It's just a long game. And so a lot of us have, if you've ever taken clifton strengths one of my top strengths is futuristic It's my third strength nice. and and I think that's why I love being a generational wealth planner
0: yeah. is
1: because I can see the things that you do now can make things easier for future generations and and not ruin them right yeah. because the last thing you want to do is nest, is is leave a million dollars to someone who's 22 right yeah. many of many 22 year olds are 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 not capable of handling that many 82 year olds are not capable of handling that kind of cash um, yeah. but there're ways to plan for that so it lasts a long time and it can grow and it can yeah. bless future generations that come after them right mm-hmm. and so that's that's what you that's what you're doing and it's not abnormal and it's not morbid to think about that in your 20s and 30s and 40s. And it's not too late to do it in your 50s and 60s and 70s. There's still things that you can do to leave a lasting legacy. And, Mm. And so if that resonates with you and you are one of those people, you're like, I am building something right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Or you can relate to somebody built something like maybe you had an an ancestor that was an amazing business person and now you have a family business or maybe your grandfather or great grandfather owned something and that's the legacy. So what do you want yours to be? Yeah. And this is a tool for setting that up so that you really can have things in place. And if you trust me on this, right, I'm not trying to sell to every everybody. I (laughs) only practice in Texas. I'm about to be licensed in Arkansas. But just this investment is is one worth making right? Because yeah. when you think about it, whether it's your kids, whether it's your nieces and nephews, whether it's your siblings or cousins, or it's that favorite cause that you want to make sure is advocating for women in the future, you can impact that even if you will not be alive to see it.
0: Mm, that's, that's so, so good. beautiful. It's I think that's just so good too for us, especially like a younger crowd, you know, typically you're not thinking about any of these things in your 20s and 30s. You're thinking about, you know, building this this company that, right. you know, hitting those those big numbers and stuff. And I think that's just important to like recognize, oh, I, if I'm really trying to build something big that lasts or, you know, whether or not that's even your goal, even if you're just trying to provide for your family, like, oh, I should maybe also consider this. So yes. I I love this. Yes. And you can do it. You don't yes. have to
1: wait till you're older because yes. time waits for no one. So mm-hmm. why not just cross that off your list now? Amazing. Yes.
0: Uh Iffy, you are incredible. One of our final questions we love to ask our guests um, is, which is, it's a doozy. So if you need a second, you're welcome to take sure. it. But what is kind of the biggest lesson you've learned in business? Because you have obviously an incredible law practice and you've just are incredible businesswomen. So what is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned?
1: You have to, I don't even have to take a breath. I think (laughs) about this all all the time. You have to be curious. Mm. You have to be curious and stay curious because that's how you problem solve. That's how you learn different things. That's how you consider another perspective. Even if you disagree and you know, I vehemently disagree with that, just hear it out. What if it's a new way of doing things? You have to be curious. You can't be so um, much in an echo chamber or just believe in limited ways, right? Just yeah. challenge those limited limiting beliefs. And, um, you know, you see our society is so polarized about everything. I mean, just yeah. is it Chick-fil-A chicken better than Popeye's? Like anything <laughs> is, it's like, just be curious, just go try, try them both. Which yeah. one, you know, just that mentality of even on a, on a micro level, just making decisions a little bit differently. I'm just going to yeah. take a different route home. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go the fastest route on ways. I want to explore what happens when I go down this road. Right, I want to see what happens if I go here and do this instead, like take that risk, be curious, go explore. Um, One of the things I love doing as a palette cleanser for myself, because I deal with heavy things in my line of work sometimes, but I I usually try and um, not take that on, but hold space with people. But I am so into going into museums and I love art. I'm very visual. I love creatives. Um, I love immersing myself. And I live in Bentonville, Arkansas, even though my business is in Austin, because I can. Um, <laughs> and one of the things we have here is something called the Crystal Bridges Museum, and you should look it up.
2: I've been there. It's, it's
1: awesome. It's gorgeous. And wow. it's expanding next year. I cannot wait. I cannot oh, even. Oh, And it's I love so to go there and just look at the
2: art.
0: Yeah. And I'm just yeah.
1: curious, and I love to read the little blurbs about who created it. Because it just opens up something in me. I'm like, man, someone painted this in 1921. Yeah. And I get to come and see it. And this is why they did it. And and it might seem completely... Completely off from estate planning. But it, like I said, it cleanses my palate and lets mm-hmm. me know that there's so much more out there than what I'm experiencing at work at my desk, feeling stressed on making sure something is done as perfectly as we can do it as humans. Mm-hmm. But to, to go and say, wow, I'm really interested in this exhibit on, you know, photographers that were in internment camps
0: yeah. and the
1: photos they made when they broke when they piece together a camera from broken pieces. Yeah. Like, how does one do that? Why do Mm. they do that? And how do they find it? You know, it's like wormhole. I'm on YouTube afterwards, like (laughs) everything (laughs) I can learn, right? Because I'm a visual learner and I love to, I love to have people to teach me things with their voices and with imagery. That's just how I learn. I don't want to always read, although I love reading, but sometimes I want to see. And so that allows me to see in a way that estate planning doesn't. And so just stay curious. Whatever Mm -hmm. that means to you, just because you're raised a certain way doesn't mean that that's the only way it is. And so having curiosity allows you to expand the possibilities and maybe change your mind. So good.
0: Uh, if you are incredible, I feel like you, <laughs> you have been down, so much fun. Yeah, you just broke down like a a topic that I think for so many people can probably feel really intimidating and really overwhelming, and you just made yeah. it seem easy and important and simple and doable. So yeah. thank you so much for being here. And for anyone who maybe like wants to, uh, I don't know, can they learn from you? Can they can they follow yeah. along? Like, how can people connect with you?
1: Well, fun fact, I am actually writing a book about estate planning. Yeah, um,
2: you are. Yes,
1: yeah. I am. And I'm not talking self-published. I am about to be a okay. target, okay? No, wow. I'm wow. <laughs> I'm not kidding, but I kind of am like boasting. Um, but <laughs> Do it. My, my book is coming out next year, and it's all about estate planning for the rest of us. And it's really going to speak to this generation and reframing uh, the topic. Everything I said is complicated when you get into figuring it out. I mean, it's not easy work. And I don't expect people to just do it themselves. I really want them to be able to find someone at their price level who can help them. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what the book is about. It's answering all these questions. In fact, when you were talking about the umbrella, I'm like, "Oh, I should do an umbrella diagram."
0: Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and
1: list the documents underneath, right? Yeah, um, just because that's a visual thing that could help somebody understand, yeah. oh, an estate plan is an umbrella of all these things. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what you can um, find me doing in the next uh, 6 months probably. Um, you can follow me at the Justin Case Lawyer on Instagram and you can call, also follow me at iffy Ebekwe on Instagram and If you're in Texas and you want to start the process, I am available at willsintexas.com. And that's my website. You can Google me. I'm everywhere. I feel feel like if you Google me, you will find me. So I have a
2: feeling there is not another Iffy Ibekwe.
1: There are actually (laughs) several of us. Yes. It's a Nigerian name. It's Ifoma Ibekwe. And so that's actually a red ridiculously common name. really? really? Oh, I was sitting here like,
2: oh, that's so unique and beautiful. Okay, well,
1: I wish it's like being called Sally Jones. It's it's just (laughs) not that common. I mean, it's just again, it's like that curiosity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where is this name seems so foreign here, but it's not foreign at all, right? Yeah. And so um, that's just a worldview thing. And my family's originally
0: from Nigeria. Well, thank
2: you for educating us. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Oh, we appreciate you so much, Evie. Thank you for coming on here. You are so welcome. Thank you so
1: much for allowing me to share my information on your platform. Of course, it was a
0: joy.